Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Dolphins Rewind, preseason week numero tres, is live on the air right now on 560 WQAM. Welcome in to the late edition of the Miami Dolphins Rewind Show. Solana here. I'll take you up until 10 p.m., Joe Zagaki wanted to do a preview of the Miami Hurricanes football season. They start next week. Cristobal era gets underway. Had to give my guy Joe Zagaki a little bit of love. So let him have my time slot. No bad blood there. You know, it's Joe Z. I mean, what am I going to tell him? No? Kick my ass, this Joe Z. So uh, we continue on here, the late edition of the Dolphins Rewind Show. Have a really good show planned for everybody today. Tony Kaladiu, 10-day Tony from the Dan Levitard show with Stu Gotts, Metal Arc Media. He will join me in the next segment, talk a little bit about football, get his uh, his general feeling heading into this Miami Dolphins football season. We're just a couple Sundays away, everybody. Just a few Sundays away from Dolphins football, from the Dolphins opening up at home versus the New England Patriots. Of course, though, tomorrow you do have your 7 p.m. preseason finale kickoff from Hard Rock Stadium. Dolphins Rewind, by the way, driven by your Southern Lexus dealerships. Real life, real luxury. The Lexus Golden Opportunity sales event now through September 6th. Again, tomorrow, 7 p.m. from Hard Rock Stadium. I will be there. 3 p.m. is when the local Miami Dolphins pregame show begins at 5 p.m. It is the network portion of the Miami Dolphins pregame show. It's with Aronde Gadsden, OG, former Dolphins wide receiver, along with Kevin Rogers. All that begins tomorrow at 3 p.m. on 560 WQAM, your flagship home of the Miami Dolphins. Now, last week against the Raiders, it was that field goal that didn't go in for Jason Sanders. First one that he missed uh, of the preseason. He was pretty much perfect until then. Not pretty much. He was perfect until that field goal didn't go in. Doesn't really matter, though. I think everybody's feeling confident about Jason Sanders. My biggest takeaways from the game, we got to see Tua for the very first time, and, uh, you know, nothing flashy, no Tyreek, which was kind of a curveball because he wasn't on the inactives list. You were hoping you'd get Tua. You were hoping you'd get Tyreek. You were hoping you might even see a little bit of Tron Armstead. Jalen Waddle not playing. That wasn't too surprising. He had missed last week with some uh, preventative measures by the Miami Dolphins coaching staff. He's still day-to-day. The hope is Jalen Waddle will be healthy for week one, and unless uh, something happens between now and next week. I'm sure that will be the case. As far as my observations on Tua, I mean, you know, nothing crazy. He came out, he played the quarter, and uh, I think it was fine. Go 6 of 8, 57 yards. Again, what you're watching there is not the offense that we're all expecting to see, right? No Tyreek on one side, no Jalen Waddle on the other. 
his number one pass blocker, Teron Armstead, who you bring in, one of the bigger offseason acquisitions. He's not out there either. Dolphins still having a little bit of trouble moving the football on the ground as well, which is something that bring in Mike McDaniel, you want to see them get better at, certainly to help alleviate some of uh, the load Tua is expected to carry this season as part of this new Miami Dolphins offense. So my biggest takeaway from Tua was it was fine. I don't think anybody would disagree with that. I don't think there was anything to be upset about. I don't think there was anything to jump for joy about either. Um, Something else I had written down here, by the way, which I know I'll forget, so I'll get to it right now. The crowd last weekend for the Miami Dolphins preseason game against Las Vegas was unbelievable. I mean, I don't think I've been covering the Dolphins now for a couple of years. I've been working at QAM since 2016. I've been going to these games as the executive producer of the broadcast, the radio broadcast that is for two seasons now and can't recall a preseason football game home or away, by the way, that had that many fans in attendance. So shout out to Dolphins nation for, uh, for showing out, man. Like, We've talked a lot about the hype around this team. We've talked a lot about how the Dolphins have really become this national focus, right? It almost seems like every day on on Get Up and and First Take and First Things First, all these shows, FS1, ESPN, there always seems to be a Dolphins segment, and that has a lot to do with Tyreek Hill joining the team and the things he said about Tua, Mike McDaniel, every time he steps up up. Uh, up on the podium to talk to the media. He says something noteworthy as well. So it's no surprise that the Dolphins are garnering more attention nationally, but it's also good to see that locally down here, people are really rallying around this team. And I do feel like the consensus amongst Dolphins fans is that this will be one of the better seasons we've seen in quite some time down here in South Florida. Some other takeaways from the game last week, obviously Mike Kosicki playing in the third quarter of a preseason football game. I don't think anybody expected that a couple months ago. We're going to talk more about Mike Kosicki in the next segment with Tony from the Levitard Show. But, um, you know, we shift our attention to Skylar Thompson once again. Shows out. Shows you he belongs on the 53-man roster. There's a lot of different perspectives flying around from those people covering the team, going to practices. It seems like depending on who you talk to, Skyler might be a lock for the 53-man roster. Certainly Mike McDaniel has uh, has said that he will take the 53 best players. Those are the guys who are going to make that roster. It's going to be around 30 more cuts. 80 guys right now on the roster has to go down to 53 by Tuesday at 4 p.m. That's the deadline. So right around the time the game finishes on uh, uh, tomorrow night, we'll start finding out probably Sunday, Sunday afternoon, the players will start finding out if uh, if they'll be on that 53-man roster. And certainly by Tuesday at 4, we will know for sure. But, man, Skylar Thompson comes in right after we saw about 20 passes from Teddy, who, uh, who also, you know, he had the bad safety, but... Mike Kosicki just got lit up, let the the pass rusher get right by him. It was an ugly play by by Bridgewater, uh, but you know nothing. Also, nothing too impressive from Bridgewater. I thought he was fine, and then Skyler comes out and really just puts on a show. Him and and Easy E, Eric Ezukama, they uh, they link up, and that was really the the big takeaway from the game. Skyler Thompson playing really good preseason football again, and Eric Ezukama. The Dolphins draft pick fourth round showing you that, you know, he can be a 
a threat for the Miami Dolphins this season. He'll certainly be on the 53-man roster, in my opinion. And then we turn our attention to practice this week. Joint practices with the Eagles, who are down here for the preseason game. Thursday's practice gets canceled. We know about that uh, because of the stomach bug, which, by the way, I think the Dolphins made the right decision. There's a lot of guys who are really, really hoping to get some playing time tomorrow. And uh, and as Mike McDaniel said, you know, it could be the biggest game of their careers trying to make a 53-man roster. And I think the Dolphins wanted to curb the spread of that silly stomach bug going around the locker room and give everybody a chance to get healthy and be right for tomorrow's game. But Wednesday, Tua shows out, according to everybody who was out there. We all saw the videos. He's throwing backdoor fades to Cedric Wilson. He's linking up with Tyreek Hills for chunk plays. It was a really promising practice, according to everybody else that was out there. Even Mike Kosicki. We're going to talk more about him, as I mentioned, but he made a couple one-handed grabs, got beat up a little bit, had to walk off, was helped off the side, uh, off the field, came back anyways. Mike Kosicki, uh, you know, showing you that he can still be this elite pass catcher and uh, and somebody that can't overlook just because he can't block. You can't overlook him. So I know a lot of people are hoping to see some of the starters tomorrow. My guess is we won't. My guess is it'll be Teddy Bridgewater for maybe a quarter and then a ton of Skyler, maybe a little uh, Eric Ezukama again tomorrow. And, uh, and, and that's fine if you ask me because more important than anything, it's about being healthy for week one versus the New England Patriots. So my best guess regarding tomorrow's preseason game is no Tyreek, certainly no Jalen Waddle. Xavier Howard will probably still sit out. No Teron Armstead. Uh, we know Byron Jones, it's not looking great right now in terms of his recovery from that injury. And uh, probably no Javon Holland either. Some of these some of these starters will be sitting tomorrow, I'm certain of it. So that's, uh, that's where we're at right now with the Miami Dolphins. There's still a couple questions in terms of who's going to make it from the wide receiver room. There's a ton of guys, and, uh, and it's being talked that there could even be six wide receivers who are going to make this roster. Um, and then the cornerback situation, Mackenzie Alexander, who the Dolphins signed last week, he goes down. Is Noah Igbenogany going to get some run tomorrow? Can he show us that he's at the very least going to make one good play in preseason um, those are, are certainly some questions here for the Miami Dolphins. Coming up in the next segment, we'll talk with Tony from the Levitard Show. This is the Miami Dolphins Rewind Show with Solana, driven by your Southern Lexus dealerships. Real life, real luxury. The Lexus Golden Opportunity sales event now through September 6th. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, 
You deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. We continue on here with the Miami Dolphins Rewind Show here on 560 WQAM. Remember, Dolphins Rewind, it's driven by your Southern Lexus dealerships. Real life, real luxury, the Lexus Golden Opportunity sales event now through September 6th. Really excited to bring on our our only guest for today. I've been teasing it all show long. You might know him as 10-Day Tony. You might just know him as Tony. You might know him as Ant, as I do from the Dan Lebetard show with Stu Gotts, Meadowlark Media. Tony, it's weird. It's weird calling you Tony. Uh, most people don't know. I've, <laughs> I've known you for quite some time. So, you know, I've always called you Ant. We've done some shows together, and I always call you uh, Ant. But it, I, it, you're Tony now. Everybody knows you as Tony. It's so weird, right? Like, I can always tell who knows me from where by what they call me. <laughs> yep. And, like, there before Lebetard show, before I became Tony, like, I was always Ant or Anthony. And obviously, since I crossed over, like now I'm Tony, but I come from a long line of Tony's. My dad is Tony. My grandfather's Tony. So like my mom, when Dan started calling me Tony and people started calling me Tony, was like, why are they calling you that? Like, that's not your name. <laughs> my wife says the same thing. She's like, it's weird to call you Tony. Like Tony's your dad. Tony's your grandfather. But um, funny enough, like it's weird to just be back on terrestrial radio. Just like me and you have this relationship from like a long time ago, let's say. And um WQAM was like my first job yeah. so in a weird way like it's kind of like a, a full circle coming back and like now doing stuff for the station is just it's it's interesting yeah I, I mean I don't know if you're doing stuff for the station you're kind of yeah, just doing you know me I mean. you're doing me a solid let's uh, <laughs> full disclosure uh Tony's doing me a solid here you know he's busy no you've got no. you've, you've got UFC stuff to prepare for um and and I'm sure you're working on the refrain del dia like yeah. you, you're you're busy you're Miami's busy. hottest segment <laughs> you're I mean I mean yeah we're the good thing is UFC's off this weekend we got a big fight coming up in the next couple of weeks uh fantasy obviously we're gearing up towards fantasy season a lot of cool stuff that we're going to be doing at Metal Arc Media um on the on the Dan Levitar show obviously but no man I always have time for you Come on. And Love we're talking that. and we're talking football. Like, give me yeah, a break. I'll yeah. stop anything. I, I stopped driving, drove straight home to get here <laughs> to talk football with you. It's a, it's a late one, but I do appreciate it. Um, I, I guess we'll start with the Miami Dolphins. By the way, follow Tony on Twitter, on Instagram. It's 10 Day Tony, right? With a, the actual yeah, number at 10. At 10 Day Tony. At 10 mm-hmm. Day Tony. Um, I, I want to start, obviously, with the Miami Dolphins. Uh, you've been known, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's fair to say you've been known to be a bit hesitant to buy into Tua and uh, and the Miami Dolphins in the past. They had Tyreek Hill. They have Mike McDaniel, who I, I want to get your thoughts on as well. But mm-hmm. um, look, you're somebody who I know follows the league. You're you're you know you're doing your film study, and uh, and and I just want to know like your general thoughts on the Miami Dolphins going into this season. Obviously, you're gonna like the Tyreek Hill addition, but look. Bottom line, it's all got to come together. Brand new head coach, brand new weapons, and yes, Tua has to take that next step. Are you uh, are you feeling good about the Dolphins this season? So I'll say yes and no at the same time, right? And like I'll answer all of your questions in succession. How do I feel about Tua? I thought he was a can't miss prospect out of Alabama. I loved watching him. I thought his release was great. 
again, is that byproduct of Alabama just elevates guys at every position because of the fact that the strength of the unit is almost better than the individual. Like, I feel like we've seen a lot of instances where guys have gone to the league, not really panned out because they've been in Alabama. They just look so much better. So offensive line was plus receivers and tight ends were plus like running backs were plus obviously. And then two was there just kind of being the, the point guard of the offense. So for me, I'm looking across and say, okay, two was a, a, a really good prospect. Obviously hurts his hip. That's a big problem for me, right? Another thing too, like, and I know a lot of people say, oh, that, like, that doesn't matter. Like there's something to having a lefty quarterback that changes the dynamic of your offense, right? Obviously now your most important piece, your left tackle now has to swing over to right tackle. And a lot of right tackles and left tackles, like it's a different position, right? You're sliding different ways. You're doing different things. Of course, a lot of people acclimate and, you know, make do with what they have. Teron Armstead's a huge addition. Like, he's naturally a left tackle like what are we going to see him doing across the line like the line's always been a problem to answer your question about the Dolphins in the past the line's always been a problem I don't think we've really gotten a fair shake to see what two is made of with you know I want to be I want to be kind with suspect weapons with a absolutely suspect like division two offensive line just a little stat for you here because I came prepared with oh stats. wow wow you're breaking out you're breaking out the, the new medals let's go bring it yes. on baby. so before this I was like let me go run and get my iPad so I can come <laughs> out with stats so in 2021 the Dolphins ranked 31st in receiver separation okay for the last two years the Dolphins have been the NFL's worst team in receiver separation 127 out of 127 wow. and 132nd out of 132nd so when you're talking about Devontae Parker, who is literally the worst wide receiver when it comes to separation, and that's what Tua is working with, with a suspect offensive line, with Miles Gaskin or sub in whomever you'd like in the in the backfield. Like, yeah, I don't really know what he is. This is the year, though, right? Like, Mike McDaniel comes in. I thought it was a slam dunk hire. I love Mike McDaniel coming out of that Kyle Shanahan system. I love what he's able to do across the board with with gap and with scheme and with getting manufactured touches for his guys, right? Like Debo Samuel came out of nowhere last year. Again, albeit hyper efficient and his a dot versus his yards per catch were insane, right? Like, I don't know if he'll be able to keep that up again, but the fact that all of a sudden Tyreek Hill comes in and you can kind of, again, they're different players, Tyreek Hill and Debo Samuel, but you can kind of start making the, the judgment call of like, okay, McDaniel loves Tyreek. And he's going to manufacture plays for him and give him a lot of layup targets, which I think is a really interesting case when you have Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. Like getting them in space is so important. You go from having the worst receiver separation rate in the league to now having two guys that separate at will, right? Like that to me is really exciting. I love Mike McDaniel. I really think that he can unlock whatever Tua has, right? Like this is the year. I'll give him this year. If this year they are subpar across the board offensively, like it's time to, you know, kick him down the road and try and go get another prospect somewhere, get maybe a stopgap guy that can fill in, right? I'll, as free agency kind of pans out, you can maybe get a veteran guy, plug in Alex Smith style, right? Where you yeah. can kind of wait and have a bridge for that next quarterback. But for me, man, like, like this is it. Like you're, like this is the year for Tua, make it or break it. You have all the weapons. You have Gesicki on a franchise tag. You've got Cedric Wilson. Like, can we talk about the build really quick? Yeah, of yeah. this team. So like free agency, you get Chase Edmonds, you bring in Cedric Wilson, you bring in obviously trade for Tyreek Hill, you bring in Sony Michelle, you bring in who am I missing? Rashe uh, Raheem Mostert, yeah. who I love by the way, sneaky guy. I love. I've loved him everywhere he's been. 
you bring in all those guys and then you get your coach. Obviously, the Tyreek Hill thing happened after. But it's almost like they built this kind of hodgepodge of a roster, brought in Mike McDaniel and said, all right, fix it. Right? Like, what, like if Gusecki's... If Gusecki's there, if Tua and Waddle are playing in the two wide receiver sets, obviously you're bringing in Cedric Wilson when you're playing three wide receiver sets, but like the the build of the roster feels kind of weird to me. What do you think? Yeah, I, I don't know if it feels weird. I just think it's a lot of, to your point, by the way, it's a lot of components that have to come together. And let's be 100% honest, the Miami Dolphins for the past two seasons were one win away from the playoffs. So they're there, right? They're teetering on that line of playoff team, not a playoff team, uh, have they been good enough the last two years to get into the playoffs? I think they were. You know, uh, Tua probably could have played a little bit better in games that really mattered. But were they good enough to get into the playoffs and win a divisional game on the road? That's where I think you know separates them uh, and separates how a lot of people view the team. But this year, it's a lot of components that have to come together quickly. Their schedule early mm-hmm. on is tough. Those first four games, I know everybody talks about it. Um, I'm I, I I do think that you know the roster construction is interesting, but I think more so than that, it's not that the the roster can't work out together. I think it's a matter of can they work out together early on and figure out things early on, and 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 I think that's what you know to me is going to be the difference between week six. Tyreek Hill is still giving Mike McDaniel all these props and still thinks two is the most accurate quarterback. Or everybody's upset at everybody. Everybody's pointing the finger. And by the way, Mike McDaniel, who we all love, I love as well. But, you know, these these three-minute long-winded answers where he's giving you all this info uh, isn't as cutesy anymore. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, not as, it's, it's not as desirable anymore by the Dolphin fan who's desperate to get into the playoffs and thought this roster construction, the brand-new head coach that everybody likes, and that next year of Tua, if it doesn't all come together, you're looking at – you know, a bleep a show. Really you bad really bad situation. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The funny thing is, you look at their first six games, right? Obviously, Pats, which we'll talk about the Pats in a second. Yeah. Pats, Ravens, Bills, Bengals, Jets, and Vikings. I'm yep. really high on the Vikings this year, by the way. I love them. I think they're a smash spot, especially in that division that's a bit on its on its head right now mm-hmm. with Devontae Adams leaving the Packers. But when you look at those first six games, and yeah, if you if you end up if you end up two and four and your wins are against the Pats and the Jets, do you feel do you feel okay or is it like, all right, wait a second, we're gonna get to another part of the schedule here where you've got Pittsburgh, Detroit, Chicago, Cleveland, Houston. Right. You get to a bit of softer part of the schedule. Like if you're two and four in the first six weeks, is the bridges being burned? Is Miami on fire? Or is there a bit of like a patience? Let's let's wait and see. Right, right. And I think that's that's what we're gonna find out. And obviously there's context, right? If you lose to the Bills, and it's a close game, and it's just Josh yeah, Allen, you know, being magical being at the Allen. end, being Josh mm-hmm. Allen, they win by a field goal. You'll come away from that game, not that there's any moral victories, obviously, but you'll come away from that game saying, okay, the Dolphins can compete with the Bills, which is a positive, but if you're 1-2 because you lost to Baltimore, you lose to Buffalo, and now you have to go on the road Thursday night against a team who n- narrowly won the Super Bowl last year, uh, mm-hmm. or narrowly missed winning the Super Bowl last year. One play away from the Super Bowl. Yep. Like Aaron Donald away from the Super yep. Bowl. Yeah, victory. Yeah, Aaron Donald. By the way, <laughs> this guy's beating you <laughs> up. <laughs> that's not uh, the video I was that's expecting one, out of out of camp, dude. That's the one guy, right? When you talk about the one guy that you do not want chasing you or having <laughs> ill ill will towards you, I feel like Miles Garrett. We saw that. I was like, ooh, not great. Aaron Donald is the one guy in the NFL. Where I'm like, you know what? I'm good. 
Like whatever <laughs> beef we have, like let's squash it before you actually come through and like run me over. Him training with knives. I, have you seen these videos yes. obviously with him yes. like, like doing like Bruce Lee, like I don't know, the hand <laughs> swats of knives and stuff. It's so crazy. But it, it's, hey, he's the best he's the play, best player in the NFL his position. Like there's nothing to say. It also to me speaks wonders about the difference between something happening on primetime TV or, or 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 network television that everybody can see. And something mm-hmm. happening where, you know, really the best video we get is an Adam Schefter video. He probably paid somebody fifty dollars. I was on the sideline, like from a that, mile away. Right. So the the difference between the same act happening on network television and on uh, an iPhone to me speaks wonders about you know the way we judge things. But whatever. That's a that's a deeper conversation for another day. So I think you know to kind of just wrap this up in, in terms of the Dolphins, we're on the same page. We like the roster construction. We're both high on McDaniel. And the cliche take away, I think, is it's up to Tua and all these pieces to kind of fit together. And, and mm-hmm. you know, we'll, we'll see that that can be the, the difference between the Dolphins being. One thing I want to say, because we, yeah. didn't, we didn't mention him, and I think a really important piece of McDaniel's offense is George Kittle when they were in San Francisco, right? Like Mike Gusecki, I'm at this weird crossroads with Mike Gusecki because I think he's a really special tight end in the fact that he is of the new mold of tight end a la Darren Waller, a la Kyle Pitts, Mark Andrews, who is a catch-first, you know, absolute problem when he's lined out out wide. My issue is, in Mike McDaniels' offense, the tight end is in line so much more. Like, the percentage of snaps that he ran in the preseason, and again, pre, the hashtag preseason snaps matter, he ran in line so much more than what he did last season where he was out wide at a disproportionate rate, which is why he was asking to be paid like a wide receiver. Right. Like, how is that going to mesh now where, you know, Mike McDaniel's going to be like, no, 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 I need you to come in here and block. And that's not what Mike Gusecki does. Like, <laughs> yeah. there's there's also been chatter of like, hey, teams, the Dolphins have called around about Mike Gusecki. Yeah. Like, Durham Smythe is the next guy up, I think. Is that the tight end of the, of the future for the Miami Dolphins? Like, Durham Smythe? No, right. I don't think so. Like, what do you think about... Mike Gusecki and like his role within this, I feel like he's the the odd man out. Yeah, I mean, he played into the third quarter of the second preseason which game, which is not good. Which is not good. Um, and then Mike McDaniel on Thursday, Dolphins practice was canceled, but he was asked about it directly, and he didn't deny. He didn't deny that the Dolphins had sent out a couple feelers on Mike Gusecki. But then we got the report, I think Thursday night, later that night from Sports Illustrated, that the Dolphins are now denying. The reports that they're looking to trade him. Look, there's no doubt. There's no doubt that Mike Gesicki right now, and he's been vocal about it as well. Where he was, it, it almost based on his comments seemed like he was told by somebody in the organization, "Hey, you were a wide receiver. Like, let's not let's not beat around the bush. You were a wide receiver, and now you have to adjust. But can you learn to block well in whatever six six weeks? You know, what however no. long training camp is. The answer is no. Right. So, but but I still think. Like like you mentioned, he is so dynamic that I think the Dolphins would have a hard, hard, hard time, you know, trading him. But you also have to look at, well, if they're going to lose him anyways in the next offseason because his role in the organization isn't exactly what they need from that position, then you might as well go out and get something from the Dolphins are lacking cornerback depth. So it's mm-hmm. interesting. I'm, I'm really interested to see how this will play out. But to your point, I'm with you 100%. He needs to block. He's not good at blocking. That's a problem. It is a problem, but like again, in the new in the new age, like he's gonna be t- valuable to somebody, right? Right, like yeah. somebody needs that offensive tight end. If you're especially if you're gonna go twelve personnel, where you can have kind of both, and I'd be interested to see if Mike McDaniel's gonna go twelve to at least be able to line up Gasecki out wide and have that 
blocking tight end more so in the line yeah. and actually being able to, to use play action stuff, which I think will, will help to a lot, especially if the line's a little shaky to start yeah, the season. Definitely. And and to be fair, like Tua played and whatever. I, I don't take too much. I talked about it earlier in the show. I don't take too much from, you know, one quarter where he threw eight passes and Tyreek's not playing, Waddle's not playing. I, I don't look too much into it. Um I, I still am am very interested to see how it'll work with Tyreek, Waddle, Cedric Wilson, and Gasicki. Like Man, all those guys out there, I, I have a hard time thinking that McDaniel won't be able to to maximize their abilities mm-hmm. around Tua. So it's interesting. And I'll stick with Gasicki here. I know you do a lot of stuff. Again, we're talking with Tony Kaladiud, Tony from the Dan Lebitard Show with Stu Gatz. He does a bunch of content for Meadowlark Media. One of the things that you did most recently on your Instagram, at 10 Tony. I hope everybody goes and yes, follows sir. him. Um is your fantasy insight. You just did a video a couple days ago. It's also on the Dan Lebitard Show Instagram account and Twitter page where you talk about four running backs you're fading in fantasy. And you're you're one of these guys that takes fantasy football very seriously, a little too seriously for my liking, by the way. I've never, <laughs> uh, but but and we'll talk about some of the Dolphins players quickly here. Mike Gesicki, that's not somebody you're going to rely on to be your number one tight end anymore because, as we just discussed, like his his role is kind of up in the air right now. Yeah, and when it comes to specifically tight ends in fantasy, and yes, like I am a bit of a fantasy nerd, and like I think that there is a real a real launch pad for fantasy sports, even more so than what it's been, right? But to get to the tight end talk, like if you are drafting and you do not land on one of the top five or six guys, right? Being Kelsey, Andrews, Pitts. Darren Waller and George Kittle. If you're not landing any of those five guys, like you're in kind of a weird space. Mike Gesicki to me falls in at like tight end, like 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, somewhere in that mix. Where if if you're in a 10 or a 12 team league, there's a chance that you're not even starting Mike Gesicki, right? And then all the news coming out that he's not blocking, that they need him to block, that they're going to use him more to block instead of out wide. Like he was a bit of a cheat code last year because he had such a productive season out wide that it was like, oh, wow, Mike Gusecki's like a real problem. Now, with the change in role, with the change in dynamic within the organization, like we've talked about, it's somebody that I'm definitely fading on. Like, even if, I mean, even as a backup, like, I think there's still better better backups out there. Albert O from uh, Obumakang. It's a tough <laughs> Yeah, it's that's a, tough a tough one. one. It's a tough Al- one. Albert O from Denver. <laughs> like, I think Dawson Knox is still... You know, even though he's been hyper efficient with touchdowns, like he's a guy that I'm going after yep. in those middle to late rounds. TJ Hawkinson, um, dude, a guy super sneaky. If we want to get super deep into the weeds here, a guy from you know from around these parts, Brevin Jordan with the Houston Texans, a really interesting piece with Davis Mills and with that offense, like a sneaky like interesting offense for me. I always keep tabs on. But yeah, Mike Gesicki, I'm absolutely fading him. My hot take of of the NFL season, by the way, and this is a an exclusive. You haven't even shared it yet, but. Oh I'm, wow! I'm thinking that the Texans are like this this sneaky good fantasy team all around because Dude, everybody made fun of Davis Mills last year, but I know locally here we all know that him and Tua, their their numbers were kind of similar, similar, yeah, yeah. very similar. And obviously, if you if you you know listen across different things and like you listen to Lebertard show, I was banging the drum on Davis Mills last year, saying <laughs> a very hot, very hot take of he's not that bad. Which was a lot of smart football people were telling me, hey, Davis Mills, not that bad. Yeah. People laughed at me. People made fun of me. But the fact is, like, 
he really is not that bad. Like in the preseason, he's he's has struggled, but last year his numbers with Tua were very comparable to each other. Yeah. So I I actually like that hot take that the Texans are not going to be absolute dog. You know what? But like the fact that they'll be able to support maybe a wide receiver fringe two three with Brandon Cooks, um, Brevin Jordan, a sneaky tight end that I'd be interested to watch. Damian Pierce, the running back. Like there's a lot of guys in that offense that I like. Yeah. Um. Just really quickly, uh, Waddle, Tyreek, those are still two guys. If they're there and you need a wide receiver, PPR, like you can't really mm-hmm. bypass them, right? No. So I'm in this weird position where I, I obviously play in a ton of fantasy leagues. And like there's a couple of leagues where sometimes Tyreek falls to me in the mid-second. And I like I like the Tyreek pick there because I think that they brought him over for a reason. Obviously, you're not going to get the same long ball, home run hitting Patrick Mahomes offense with Tua. But the fact that McDaniel's going to give him those layup throws that are going to give him those manufactured touches in space to do what he does best like I love Tyreek Hill as a fantasy player I think I've had him for the last like three or four years where I go out of my way to get him because I think he's the most dynamic player uh in the NFL at the moment like I'm not passing him up at that two at that two spot it's always if he lands to me of course and like Waddle's creeping in around like in in some ADPs like mid mid fourth round you can get uh Jalen Waddle and like Look, man, you don't catch 106 balls as a rookie and then do worse, right? Like, right. I think he's that's his baseline is like catching 100 balls, being a guy in space with, with that short, you know, quick passing game that they want to hit where he's going to catch 100 plus balls, hopefully eclipse 1,000 yards, maybe get a couple touchdowns in there, like yeah. maybe some long touchdowns breaking routes. Like, that to me is somebody that's worth a fourth round pick where I can get wide receiver two. And if everything breaks right, it may be wide receiver one. Uh, albeit injuries to to other people on the team but like if i have a path to a wide receiver one like that's something that's really interesting to me listen man if he did that and Devonte parker was the only other guy you really had to be worried about last year uh, uh on the other side of the of, of the quarterback Again, worst worst wide receiver in the last two seasons <laughs> in separation rate 127th yeah. and 132nd if he if he ate that way imagine what's going to happen when you have Cedric Wilson you add Tyreek Hill like mm-hmm. I, I I can't imagine Jalen Waddle will regress this season hopefully I'm I'm 100% 100% spot on with that but um it makes sense to me it totally does um again we're talking with Tony 10 day Tony from the Dan Lebetard show Metal Arc Media make sure to follow all of his work everything that's going on over there um you know Holding, keeping Miami on the map, man. We can't, Always, uh, can't hate it. Um, really quickly, because I'll probably check up with you some point in the season. But week one is only a couple weeks away. Dolphins two and a half point favorites as it stands right now against the Patriots. Are you you taking the Dolphins two and a half? Are you taking the Patriots plus two and a half? Uh, how do you see that one shaping up? So we were talking before, uh, before we started recording where I told you I think the Patriots roster top to bottom is the worst roster in the AFC East. I, I think the Dolphins have a better roster from from front to back. I think, obviously, the Bills have a superior roster in the division. I think the Jets have a better roster from top to bottom than the Patriots do. Like, I like the Jets' offensive weapons, defense, you know, whatever. But to me, like, everybody's been talking about how Mac Jones is taking a step forward. Mac Jones is the best shape of his life, you know, best shape of their life season just passed through with training camp where everybody's in the best shape of their life. But like when you talk about your biggest addition offensively is the guy who was 127th and 132nd in separation rate as your (laughs) wide receiver one, like that to me is a problem, right? Like they want to run a lot of 12 with Hunter Henry, with Johnny Smith, shout out FIU. Like when you have those guys kind of building your offense and you've got, 
Ramondre Stevenson, Damian Harris, kind of another hodgepodge of running backs. It just, to me, like that that team is not what it's been, obviously, the last couple of years, even without Tom Brady, right? Like I thought that they were actually really good last year. Um, a lot of key, to me, is it boils down to this, Alex. You lose your offensive coordinator, Josh McDaniels. He goes to the Raiders. He brings a couple of guys with him over to Las Vegas. The fact that you haven't replaced a offensive mind like Josh McDaniels and you bring in Matt Patricia who failed in Detroit to get anything offensively going and now he's your pseudo offensive coordinator to me that's a problem right like the Dolphins are two and a half I wouldn't be surprised if things trend the way that they're trending in the next two weeks where that line can move to four move to five wow like I just don't see, especially with the hype of what the Miami Dolphins are doing right now. I feel like I see them on NFL Network all the yeah. time. I see them on ESPN all the time. Like everybody's talking about them. It's only a matter of time till Vegas says, wait a second, two and a half is like very generous, especially at home. Like we got to kick this up a notch. So to me, I think that first game is going to be easy. Like there's going to be a lot of kings to get out with the Dolphins. Obviously, a new offense scheme, a, a lot of new players, a lot of just a lot of newness. I think that they're still going to beat the Patriots. To me, again, there's nothing that the Patriots can do outside of doing what they did uh, to the Bills in that, what was it, uh, like mid-November game where it was just like negative 70 degrees and the wind chill was like <laughs> exactly. a hurricane outside and they ran the ball 78 times. Yeah. Like outside of just out-physicaling the Dolphins, I think the Dolphins have too much depth, too much talent to lose a home game to a team that just is the worst team in the division, in my take. Yeah, Tua owns Bill Belichick. Let's be 100% honest. Tua owns them. And so weird, the, the right? Dolphins, but so did Tanny. But so did, did Tanny in yeah. a weird way. The Dolphins The Dolphins seem to get the... It's like the only team that has had success, at least at home, against the Patriots in uh, in the Brady era, even the post-Brady era as well. He's uh, Tony, 10-day Tony on Twitter and Instagram. I feel like we could do three hours of just like QAM stories because people don't know. Oh like you God. spent you spent a, a good chunk of time at WQAM before you went to ESPN, and then you followed uh -huh. the guys over to the uh, to, to the Meadowlark. So I feel like we could do just like three hours on Joe Rose stories or something, <laughs> <laughs> or other or other uh, yeah. radio hosts. <laughs> yeah, we'll save that. We'll save that for for when we get fired at some point, or, or, or other archives. people get fired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the archives of uh, of all the things that have happened yeah. throughout the years. No, it's yeah. been it's been fun though. I mean, you can check in. You can send me the check after we finish this. But like, I'll just be on for a regular hit every single week. Is that okay? <laughs> the, the check that they're not even paying me for this. So I, I <laughs> what? No, they are. They are. But I, I don't think my you'll, agent uh, negotiated a certain rate. So that's what I'm saying. Like, if we want to keep going with this rate, like I'm cool. Just not. You know, we'll check in every Friday. Yeah, uh, your agent Chris Cody. Uh, shout out to him for uh, for hooking me up with this interview. No, uh, seriously, I hope. I hope everybody follows uh, follows Tony, follows what they're doing over there with the Levitard show and all the content they're putting out. I always say this, like, we're Miami guys, and, uh, and you know, I, I feel like people people should appreciate, I, I, I don't know if this is going to sound bad, but people should appreciate a couple Miami guys just uh, just doing what we loved, which was talking sports and, uh, yeah. and, and you know, being out there and, 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 and kind of doing it. From FIU to putting up tents at at the promotional <laughs> team at 790 to producers yeah. to honor talent like we've yeah. come a long way man it's crazy to think where we were what year is it 2022 um it's crazy to think where we were at in 2015 yep right yep. six seven years ago like what we were doing to what we're doing now it's yep. a tremendous blessing and like you're somebody that i me and you have grown up together in this industry 
from even way back in the day when we were doing our own show at, at FIU. Like, <laughs> it's crazy to see, you know, how how good you've gotten at this. You used to be bad. Those, yeah, 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 I could say something <laughs> about you. Those, those FIU shows, I mean, God bless, like, like the three people who are listening. God bless them because who knows, who knows what was going on there. Uh, again, he's uh, Tony from I, I I don't know like Ten Day Tony. That's what people know you as. So I feel like that's 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 the, that's the appropriate now, 10 day Tony. Yeah, yeah, that's the appropriate way to uh to 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 present you here. Follow him again on on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, thanks, bro. I guess I'll I'll see you around at the Grove or something. I'll be drunk. You you find me. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> that was Ten Day Tony. There. Appreciate his time. We'll wrap up the Miami Dolphins Rewind Show ahead of tomorrow's final preseason game. Remember, it's a 7 p.m. kickoff from Hard Rock Stadium. Your pregame show begins at 3 right here on QAM. Dolphins Rewind, it's driven by your Southern Lexus dealerships. Real life, real luxury. The Lexus Golden Opportunity sales event now through September 6th. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Final segment here on the Miami Dolphins Rewind Show. Appreciate everybody who's uh, tuning in right now. And if you're listening on the podcast, I appreciate you as well. At Alex M. Solana, if you want to engage with me on social media, be at the game tomorrow. Remember, 7 p.m., your preseason finale for the Miami Dolphins versus the Philadelphia Eagles. Dolphins Rewind, it's driven by Southern Lexus dealerships. Real life, real luxury, the Lexus Golden Opportunity sales event now through September 6th. I am doing a new Miami Dolphins podcast, by the way, along with Brendan Tobin from the Tobin and Leroy Show on our sister station, 790 the ticket, and I'm going to play for you a segment from the Porpoise Pod. That's the name of the podcast. It'd be great if you could look it up, download it on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, pretty much everywhere you get your podcasts. You can download the Porpoise Pod. I highly recommend uh, that you do if you're a Miami Dolphins fan. And uh, we do this segment called Echo Location. I know, I know, cheesy Dolphins pun. I get it. But... We always look at some of the best sound of the week, including some of what Tua Tungawailoa had to say this week after joint practices on Wednesday against the Eagles. Well, here's uh, Tua. This was He was asked about what does he notice being the big difference from this year as compared to his first two seasons? Everything. Uh, offense is different. The confidence that the guys have coming out to practice is different. The confidence that the guys have coming into the building is different. Uh, you know, the way we do things around the building is different. Just just everything. I, I can't necessarily point, point to one thing. Um, and I think that's what's going to help uh, make us a, a, a better team is, you know, us spending more time with each other, uh, not just in the building, but outside the building. And we'll see where, where this thing goes for us. Yeah, I mean, he could. He says he's he can't point it out to one thing, but if he really wanted to, he could just sum it up in 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 Brian Flores. Yeah, because if like if you're going to talk about the way you work, the way everybody is, their attitude, the the way that it just in general they're going about their business. I mean, he doesn't do that because he's a he's a sweetheart. But if he wanted to, he could just say the head coach is different. 
tell us you hate Brian Flores without telling us you hate Brian Flores is essentially <laughs> what happened there. <laughs> uh, listen, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's just more enjoyable to work. We work more efficiently. We're happier. Feels ba- I, I can't put my finger on it, on what it is. Uh, but you, I, you know, it's a lot of things. It's a lot of things. It, it, it escapes me just if I had to pinpoint it just down to one thing. Could you say it's Brian Flores? Mm, you know, perhaps, perhaps. Um, but yeah, he is he is definitely a, a guy who seems a lot happier going to work. That's for sure. Yeah, and and the organization has made it clear they're all in on him. Man, that, that's got to be a good feeling because since he's been here, it was the Fitzpatrick nonsense. And then it was obviously Herbert overshadowing him. Like, not that he's upset at Justin Herbert, but, you know, like those those comments have always been there. He's been asked about it. The organization bought in, period. End of story. McDaniel has said everything correctly about Tua. So, man, like he's happy coming into work now. That's a big deal. It really is. Even if you're getting paid millions of dollars, nobody wants to go to an environment where they're not comfortable. Like, he's happy being there. Yeah, and especially we can see, like, you know, people can fall out of love with these quarterbacks very, very fast. Like, you look yeah. at, like, Baker Mayfield, who was just now named the starter this week in Carolina. Like, oh, my God, Cleveland, they were so happy to have Baker Mayfield. <laughs> and then they were just rats off a ship immediately on him as soon as he's playing through injury. So, look, he's got to perform. There's no doubt about that because there's – I think there's still a segment of the fan base that's already doesn't believe he can be good. But for those who are optimistic that he is in a better situation, they do have – better stuff around him and they are going to empower him then i think you look at that and you say to yourself all right i think i think i really do believe in the guy's skill set because look i think that was interesting about this week at practice was you know you sit there with out-of-town media because philadelphia's there you know they're surly and even they're just like wow this guy i mean his throws are very like a very impressive like they're talking about like the big jalen hurts versus Tua thing that's always you know that's going to be a thing because of their ties from alabama right. To a replacing Jalen Hurts, all that. So I get the storyline, but even they're like, man, Jalen Hurts can't make those throws. So like, <laughs> I mean, that's because you 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 know you you put your guard up. You you know we can be homers. I'll admit it. Eh, whatever. People look at that as an insult. I look at that as a uh, as a badge of honor. So like when you start hearing that outside stuff and you do get that outside perspective, you're like, all right, other people are seeing it. They they are seeing that this kid uh, looks like he has a lot of talent. Obviously, it has to be done in a game, but. He, uh, he definitely is is uh, performing with a different air of confidence. Yeah, I was interesting. It was interesting to see the Philadelphia beat writers. I, I saw the same thread on, on Reddit as well. And they're a lot. That was their reaction. Wow. Like, oh, okay, two was good. He, yeah. This isn't, you know, this. Because who was it a couple, uh, couple days ago? Was it um, the reporter who said that the Miami media keeps inflating to a tongue of Iloa? I don't remember who, who said that. But I think it was somebody from CBS uh, National, or they. He kept saying that you know you Pete can't Prisco? trust. Was it Pete Prisco? It was. That one of these seems guys. like a Pete Prisco thing to do. It was one of these guys, you know, where it, it you know, the Pete. Was Prisco's it La No, it was La Confora has kind of fallen off. I don't know if you've noticed. Like he's not even doing. Yeah, like, I haven't even seen La Confora now that you yeah, mentioned it. Yeah, no hate by the way. Like he's ah, good no at what he does, but uh, you he are right though. Slights the the fins every now and then as well. Lock and Fora feels like he's always the national guy that does come in with some fins dirt just out of nowhere. You yeah. know, he's like Randy yeah. Orton with the RKO out of nowhere. <laughs> uh, here's um, a little, yeah. Here's a little bit more from Tua as we're on this topic because uh, this is kind of just him uh, even expounding on it a little bit more. 
and why he feels his confidence is at a bigger spot. And uh, no surprise who you think he's given the credit to. I think for, for the team, like it, it's the, it's the guys that, that are helping us get to where we want to go. And I would say it's our position coaches. It's uh, obviously our head coach who is probably one of the most optimistic uh, people I've, I've ever been around. And I, I would say just those guys and kind of the, the, the leadership that Mike displays for, for everyone to see that I think that's what gives the entire, the entirety of the team uh, confidence. Wow. I mean, if you, if you want to just say, obviously I would like to put it on our head coach. <laughs> like, Again, yeah, it goes back to like, yeah, tell me, tell me you hate Brian Flores and also how much you love the new coach. He is, uh, it's a look, it's an important partnership, you know, Peyton and Breeze, Belichick yeah. and Brady, you know, like I, it, people will always go to that stuff as far as a, an important level of, you know, McVeigh and, and, and Stafford this year. Like, I think that they'll always look at that relationship. It's an important symbiosis, especially when you are the head coach calling plays. And man, it's, the most optimistic person I've ever been around. Certainly high praise there from Tua about his new Miami Dolphins head coach. We're back live now. That was a segment from the Porpoise Pod, the newest Miami Dolphins podcast that I co-host with Brendan Tobin from 790 The Ticket. Would be great if you could download, subscribe, the Porpoise Pod on Spotify, on Apple Podcast. It would be greatly appreciated. This has been the Miami Dolphins Rewind Show tomorrow preseason finale and then we're just two Sundays away from Miami Dolphins football you know Tua owns Bill Belichick I mentioned it with Tony so listen we're expecting a dub to start off the season there's absolutely no doubt about it and I know all of you are as hyped up as I am for Miami Dolphins football season to finally arrive but we do have one more preseason game tomorrow 7 p.m don't forget right here on 560 WQAM your home for Miami Dolphins football at 3 it's Kevin Rogers. It's Aronde Gadsden. It's the broadcast I produce, the Miami Dolphins pregame show. We call it Dolphins Game Day right here on your home for Dolphins football, 560 WQAM. I appreciate everybody who tuned in, who stuck around. Thank you very much to Tony, one of my oldest friends, for joining the show. Hopefully, we'll get to check in with him throughout the season here on the Dolphins Rewind Show. A couple of Miami guys talking Dolphins football on the radio. I love it. Dolphins Rewind. It's driven by your Southern Lexus dealerships. Real life, real luxury. The Lexus Golden Opportunity Sales Event now through September 6th. It's Friday night. It's 10. I'm going to Wynwood. I will see everybody at Hard Rock Stadium tomorrow. Dolphins Rewind will be back on the air next Friday with me, Solana, at Alex M. Solana. If you want to follow me on Twitter or Instagram. Until then, fins up, everybody. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? 
Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.